Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Hope everybody out there is having a good week as we look forward to 4th of July. This show is going to be a big one. It's the Wimbledon 2018 preview. Wimbledon starts today, already started. And I'm going to be previewing this tournament, my favorite major of the year, with my tennis channel co-worker, Kale Hammond. Kale played tennis at Duke in college. He's from Oklahoma. We, we dive into the entire bracket, who looks to be the favorites on each side. Roger Federer. Novak Djokovic, Marin Cilic, maybe some Nadal on the men's side. Will Serena Williams bounce back? Is it Petra Kvitova's time to get Wimbledon number three? Or will Simona Halep or another new face win on the women's side? We dive into all of the heavyweights on both sides and make our picks as well. It's Kale Hammond and myself previewing Wimbledon 2018. Let's start the Money Mitch Effect. All right, now joining us on the Money Mitch Effect to talk Wimbledon 2018, a first-time guest on the show, Tennis Channel co-worker of mine, Kale Hammond. Kale, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me, Money Mitch. I appreciate it. I've always wanted to come on and talk some tennis. It's pretty much all I can do, so <laughs> I'm excited. Well, thank you. I, that means a lot. And I do want to say, to, to give you give you a little credit here to start out, you're you're one of the experts that I, that I turn to for these things, having... <laughs> Grown up in the sport, played your college tennis at Duke from Oklahoma, having uh, been brought up in the game of tennis. I, I do have to ask you this question first. What was it about that sport specifically? Because if I have this right, you come from a long line of football players. And yeah, that's that absolutely stuck. right. Um, it's interesting. So, well, first off, my aunt was the coach at Tulsa University when I was growing up. So I was just four or five years old, and she was the head women's coach at Tulsa University. And so that was really cool. So I was gr- growing up around all these all these exceptional players from a young age, and so I really, I really was exposed to the high, highest levels of the game really early on. So I understood what it took, um, you know, to make it in the sport. But also, yeah, I mean, I, I broke. Uh, I played football for a little bit. My dad was a uh, quarterback at Princeton. My grandpa was the quarterback at Oklahoma in the fifties under uh, oh. Bud Wilkinson. So that's a big deal. Yeah, especially around these parts. And, um, yeah, but so I played football. I got hit by a, a guy and knocked the breath out of me. I blacked out. And I couldn't move my arm for two days. And so I decided that's, that's probably not the sport to play. Yeah. And I was a good basketball player, too. Then I was playing some AAU tournaments. And I think we had to play against a team that had a couple guys. One went to Syracuse. The other went to Buffalo. Two guys about 6'9", six, 6'10", six, and I was about 14 years old. And one of them swatted me so hard that he rejected me off the backboard. And the ball landed at half court. Wow. And yeah, and so after that, I was like, you know what, Kale, you might be better off uh, sticking to tennis. And no, that's, so that's you know that's what I did. It's interesting that you're able to rationalize and think big picture, and you're at what 14 years old. You're like, well, football doesn't work, basketball doesn't work. Let's let's focus. Most kids would have just stuck it out and and, and not made that decision. But hey, I'm glad I'm glad it worked out for you, and I'm glad that. It brought. Well, it hasn't worked out yet, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping, <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, hoping it, it will one day. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I don't know about you, but Wimbledon for me growing up was always my favorite tennis tournament. I just there's something about this one that feels a little different with whether it's the prestige of the of the All England Club, whether it's a tennis tournament played on grass when there's only a six week season. But did you share similar sentiments? Was this a tournament you looked forward to as a kid growing up? I mean, I'm glad you said that, man. The first thing I had in my notes was just the, the magic of Wimbledon, man. It's just there's nothing like it. It's by far the best tennis tournament. 
it's 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 interesting. It's not it's not necessarily the best quality of tennis, right? But something about the beautiful fresh cut green grass day one of Wimbledon, it, for my money, that's that's my favorite day of the year. Tomorrow tomorrow is my favorite day of the year. Day one of Wimbledon, the the court. It's just so beautiful, so much history there. I mean, I remember growing up watching uh, Ivan Isevich in 2001 win yeah. it as a wild card. That was I had that match on tape. I rewatched that match against Rafter dozens and dozens of times. You know, it's just the best. I mean, and anyone who tells you otherwise doesn't know what they're talking about, man. Wimbledon is just by far the best tennis tournament in the world. And one of my favorite tennis moments as well at Wimbledon was the year before. I think it was the year before when Sampras beat Rafter to uh, pass yep. Lever, and that was just drama-filled matches. I mean, that's the first day you mentioned it, when the grass is looking at its best, when you get the champion walk out on center court for the first day from the last year it's something special and uh we're going to get into that right now because there's a lot to talk about for the all england club the third major of 2018 we're going to do what we always do here on the money mitch effect we preview tennis majors we're going to start with one side first this will be the men leading off this time and as we always do looking at the gambling draws and who are the favorites no surprise that roger federer is the favorite at roughly about seven to four, which is uh, a pretty strong favorite going into this tournament. But Novak Djokovic is the second favorite at eleven to two, followed by Chilich six to one. Nadal is fourth, about thirteen to two, and then it drops off from there with Del Potro, Kyrgios, and Zverev. You're getting down to about twenty to one at that point. But Kale, no surprise, Roger Federer is number one. Are you shocked at all that Djokovic, who is on the rehabilitation tour. Has looked better every step of the way, marginally at least. Are you surprised he's I, the second best favorite here? I am appalled that he's the second favorite. I mean, I, when you think about who else it would be, it's tough to you know really That's pick it, that yeah. person who you think it's going to be. And so Djokovic is a good is a is a. I mean, he. I guess he's next up if you're thinking about. I mean, his movement on grass is just unparalleled. I mean, the guy is the guy is one of the best movers. Arguably the best mover um, the the men's sport has has had. So I mean I get it I get it. But look he hasn't won a tournament. He 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 has made improvements like you said, but he hasn't done anything to say that Djokovic's back. He's just looked better and better and better. But he hasn't had that moment yet where you're like oh Nole is back. So I am pretty shocked. I I would put Nadal as the second favorite even though he hasn't done much here. Nadal is finally like extremely healthy coming into Wimbledon. I mean, he just taxes his legs so much during the clay court season, but I think Nadal, I mean, he didn't, he skipped all of it. He's been training on grass in Mallorca. I think, you know, I, I would, I would put Nadal as a second favorite, but I'm sure he's, you know, he's the third. What, what do you say? He's the third favorite. He's fourth. And the guy that's third is probably who I would have put second Chilich. It, it's not the flashiest game. I just think he's gotten to a point in his career where he's a good grass court tennis player. In the match against Kyrgios in the semifinal and then the final against Djokovic uh, at Queens Club where he won the tournament, it was just efficient. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't the best. He serves big. He's he's cleaned up a lot of his second serve mistakes. And I think he's gotten to a point where he could be maybe the next biggest threat to Federer on grass. But looking at Djokovic being number three it, it's or number two, it is appalling, I, I guess I would say. But I guess you could bring the point up about all these guys. Like Nadal hasn't played on grass and hasn't had success at Wimbledon. In the last couple of years, Del Potro is still looking for some Wimbledon success for the first time in a few years. Kyrgios is not really the most reliable guy. Zverev hasn't you can't, before. Yeah, I giving mean, him odds is yeah. tough. <laughs> you know, it's hard. You can go down. You can pick nits at all these guys, including Roger Federer, who's 36 years old. I, I know that we're looking at him, and, and, and we've all been captivated by his greatness. But at some point, 
it sucks to say, but at some point it's going to end. And we're always a year too late, it seems like, on that prediction rather than too early. Yeah, and he's almost 37 years old. And I, so let's just talk about Federer coming into it. So I, I've brought this up, this point up to some people, and no one really agreed with me. So maybe I'm just completely wrong. But um, so Federer lost in the final to Chorich and Halle, mm-hmm. um, which was really surprising. But when you think about it, like guys, that was his like tenth match in you know two weeks, and he is almost thirty-seven years old. So right. some of it could be could be fatigue. But it, he he looked shaky all tournament, and sometimes Federer does this. And I actually think that him losing in the final at Halle was probably the best thing that could have happened I, to I him. I agree. Before Wimbledon, because that would have been his 99th title at Halle, and then this would have made Wimbledon title number <laughs> career title number 100, and that's just too poetic. It's too romantic, you know. It's like that would have been not that he couldn't handle the pressure, but that would have just been too much pressure. I mean, it was just been that would have been tough, and you know, like he would he hasn't been playing that great, and sometimes Fed just looks a little shaky. He still manages to to win 90% of his matches, but like the last couple weeks has been shaky fed, not yeah. you know, not nothing, not fed as an underdog is the best is not the is you know, is the most dangerous player of all time. Federer well, as an underdog is just insane. Yeah, and Courage but, isn't um, a bad loss. I mean, that guy I think is up and coming. He's got a lot of potential and a lot of good tennis in front of him. But I do agree. I think it's good any anytime in this sport, it's good to get these losses out of your way early in the tune-up rounds and then go from there. I, I think he can go back to the drawing board and say, I do need to work on some things. I can tighten some things up. It would have been probably too poetic if this, like as you said, would have been title number 100, which, by, by the way, huge Roger Federer fan his whole career. I think it's been silly that people brought up whether this version of Federer is better than peak Federer that went <laughs> to eight straight yeah. major finals and was untouchable to everybody but Nadal on clay for like three solid years so now when they say that you got to say well the last year and a half you know Joker's out stands out Murray's out the three of the five best and Del Potro is you know Del Potro is my favorite player but um you know his backhand uh he, that left wrist you know he's never going to be quite the same so four of the six best players in the sport um, you know, sort of went away. So it makes sense that Fed and Nadal have just been gobbling up these slams. They're the two, they're two best players of all time. And, you know, it makes sense that they just got greedy and got all these slams. But, no, to say that, I mean, to say that, that it's better than 07, 08 <laughs> Fed is just absurd. So, yeah, whatever. It, it was crazy then. And lastly, before we get to the draw, Murray pulled out today, another last-minute uh, withdrawal. Andy Murray pulled out. Yeah, he pulled out from uh, the from Wimbledon about an hour ago. I guess we do still break news on this podcast. That's good to know. But no, yeah, he pulled out about an hour ago, and he had been hinting at it all week, but didn't officially pull out until today. Same thing he did at the U.S. Open, pulled out the day before the tournament started. So, hey, oh, me, that's tough. I know, it's it's terrible, but I will say this. The, the reasoning behind it is he didn't think he was ready to play best-of-five set matches, and it makes sense given the yep. fact that he's coming off a hip, a hip injury, a debilitating injury, I'm still worried, though. I mean, he looked he looked feisty against Kyrgios. He won a match or two at um, at the other grass court tournament that he played. But we might not see that Andy Murray again that was dominant. And that's very sad to say as a tennis fan. I don't know how you feel. but No, that sucks. I mean, sucks. I also, like, one of the best matches from Wimbledon, I remember when Murray ended the uh, ended the British drought in 2013. I mean, that was just another unbelievable Wimbledon moment. Yeah. 
that this tournament gave us, and that sucks. He's not playing. Anytime you lose a, a top British guy at, at this tournament, well, I guess that you're either talking Tim Henman or Andy Murray. I mean, there's not yeah, Cal any... not there yet. <laughs> but I mean, the Brits just, they, you know, like it means so much more to them than anyone else because it's their country's home tournament, um, and it's the best Grand Slam in my opinion. So anytime you lose, I mean, the, the best British tennis player of all time. It, it's it just sucks. There's no there's no positives. You can't spin that in a positive in any way. But hip injury on grass, three out of five. You're not feeling comfortable. I like he's playing the long term game. You know, there's plenty more Wimbledon's for Andy Murray. If you got a hip injury and you're moving on the fresh grass, the moist dewy grass first day, you know, you could you could tear some stuff, man. It's it's yeah. dangerous. Grass is a slippery slippery surface. Yeah, it was a year ago when he lost the query and and the body started breaking down that he really started this injury slide so we'll see what happens hopefully murray can get back out here but all right kale hammond money mitch effect let's look at the men's draw go through section by section just see what stands out what what we could be looking ahead to in the second third and fourth rounds before we get to that quarterfinal round man the 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 all england club they know how to take care of roger Federer, don't they <laughs> this is again where there's yeah. no drama until the fourth round it seems yeah yeah, I mean, he, no, it's uh, Lajevic, nothing, Lachko, I, or whoever the qualifier is, nothing there. And then Karlovic, Karlovic in the third round would Wait, be scary. Karlovic-Yuzny has got to be the oldest match of the year, right? I mean, it's got to be. Yuzny's, what, 38? And Karlovic is probably 39, right? I'll <laughs> look that up right now. That's incredible. Struff played Federer at the Australian Open and, and Leo Meyer, and these guys are just solid, but that's a third-round match in a Grand Slam. That's a pretty good draw for Roger Federer. I think what we're all looking forward to here is the rematch with Korich. Uh, but I will question it with this. Is Korich good enough to where we can consistently say he's going to beat everybody that he should? He'll get to the fourth round match against Federer? Or do you think he could slip up, being that he's still kind of young and inexperienced? Yeah, I mean, he could definitely slip up. His fourth look, the thing is, with guys with guys like that, like if you're not rock solid on both sides, you know anything can happen. And George has a, a relatively weak forehand. He moves exceptionally well. He has top 10 backhand on tour um, by all measures, but his forehand can break down. Um, but on grass, it could be worse because, you know, you're not going to get stuck in these cross-court forehand rallies um, and where people can expose you. You just rip it down the line, and then, you know, point, these points are – the average point at Wimbledon for the men's has got to be, what, like 3.5 shots on, think, the, yeah. on, the, on the long side. You know, I mean, it's first serve. And th- three points is probably the uh, three sh- three shots is probably the average, but yeah, I mean, I think George, look, I think he can get to the fourth round and lose to Roger Federer. I think that's where <laughs> he's at right now, and I think he should. He's got a good enough draw, and he could play. I think he's going to play Ryan Harrison in the third round. I think Ryan Harrison is going to win his first round against the Spaniard Carbias Baena, and then he's going to play Adrian Manorino, which is a tough matchup. Mm-hmm. But Ryan Harrison's way better against lefties because his backhand is by far his better wing, and he's just got such a good serve. Manorino is so tiny. He's got amazing hands and he moves well. But look, Ryan Harrison has one of the best serves on tour, right. and he's you know he's good on grass. This is this is you know this is his time. This is his. He's got a good draw. He's got a good chance to make make a hundred and thirty k. You know, and, and, <laughs> and take care of his family. Manorino doesn't strike me as a grass court tennis player either for just how he plays, and I just don't see him having success against Harrison. We mentioned Gorich, but Medvedev isn't an easy first-round matchup. I mean, I think no, that's going to be the... No, Medvedev, I'm done with that guy. Okay, I'm done with that uh, guy. okay. I, easy, I, relatively I, speaking. Like, no, look at no, what no. the other... 
Okay, if he'd stay in last straight year. Straight sets. Straight okay, sets. Straight? Lock it in. I think Medvedev you take is, one is, off of is him. garbage. That when, guy. I, when did that I, happen? I watched though? him play against Shardy, and he perp- he looked like he was losing on purpose. Well, I mean, he is he is <laughs> Russian. I, I don't know. We're not. Yeah. Going to but it does look like it, it does look like it's going to be Federer and George there, but we'll see what happens. The next section of the draw, some interesting matchups as well. It's a big what, week for Sam Query. Yeah. What? Okay. That's for sure. <laughs> so, what do you think about Query though, in terms of? It's been an interesting year, and by interesting, I mean very underwhelming. That Query had been playing some really good tennis, was a couple matches away from going to the ATP Tour Finals last year. You know, he, he does get married. He, he's changed some things up. He's getting a little older, but he hasn't had the success so far this year. But he is still the 11th seed at Wimbledon. He made the semis last year. You think he refines his form here on what's got to be his favorite service and favorite major to play on? No, sir, I do not. I think the pressure of defending all those points is yeah. too much. And I think last year is a career year for Sam Query. I don't think he's going to ever top that. I think there's nowhere to go but down after last year, Wimbledon semifinal. I mean, he's a great player, but he's not necessarily doesn't strike me as the with the mental consistency to get to you know compete consistently at the semifinals of slams. He's amazing though. I remember seeing him at Kalamazoo when I played there, and this guy just hit every single ball as hard as he possibly could and you know he still does it and it's amazing to see if you've never seen sam query play in person it's he's really worth the watch because the sound that comes off his racket off the serve and the forehand not too many players in the world can make that sound but um you know we'll see it'll be tough look i think i think he's he's either got monfi or gasquet in the third round insane first round match both those guys could take care of uh sam query oh that's the best first round of the tournament yeah far I believe they're playing tomorrow. Let me look at the order of play here. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They do play tomorrow. And yeah, they are third on court number two, and that's the match of the day. So um, if I, you're on ESPN Plus or whatever they whatever they're doing, if you're able to just pick one match and watch it, that's the one you want to sit on. Monfi's his style is definitely made to fluster and frustrate Query because he can extend rallies, and then we've seen what Monfi's can do. I just don't know how healthy he is. He's been kind of up and down, and he is over thirty as well. Gasquet, you could say the exact same thing about he doesn't move for, doesn't move nearly as well, but that backhand when he loads it up can hit can go power for power with Query. I just don't. I mean, look, Query can lose first round. He's proven that, but I think that's what you're eyeing is a Frenchman versus Query in the third round to kind of gauge where those guys are at. The other side of this section, though, one of your favorite one of your favorite up and coming players. Are we are we buying the Michael Mo stock yet, or is it a couple years away? Uh, you know, it's definitely you're buying it here because it's cheap as cheap as can be right now. I mean, this guy is a tank. He is a huge, huge kid. He is a beast, and I think he's going to be good. Very physical game. It reminds me he could could sort of uh you know like like a songa, just like a big, just super athlete hit you off the court. Um, if it's if he's on, you know, there's nothing much you could do. But look, he's not there yet. He's got a few more years. And Jules Muller. Mm. Is 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 talk about a grass court specialist? Oh yeah. I mean, this guy is. You do not want to play him on grass. You just don't. It's terrible. Lefty serve volleys exceptionally well. Moves forward all the time. If you if you leave Gilles Muller a ball hanging in the middle of the court, that point's over. Um, and so, it, it, you know, that's going to be a routine victory for uh, for Muller. That's just you know playing a young kid first round. That's that's easy money for him. Are we, are we getting to the ultra exciting matchup of Mueller and Kevin Anderson? If we can only be so lucky <laughs> to see those God guys. almighty. Yeah, don't sign me up for that one. Not. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, I feel like it's going to happen. Anderson's the eighth seed, which, look, I, I got to respect him for getting there. Maybe it says more about the state of the men's game that he's consistently been a top ten player. 
but I just I mean what do you want to say Anderson's freaking good man he's, he's got good, good no, he is he's good. got an unbelievable backhand he is. six foot seven he dropped 140s <laughs> I remember I ball boyed for Anderson at the tournament when I was no a kidding. kid and he was and he was like 19 and it, I mean his I didn't have to duck on his first serve it was bouncing over my head every time you know he he, he just drops bombs Big Ten college tennis player as well so I mean I, I respect it I just it's not the most aesthetically pleasing style but no, Query's by gonna. No means. I mean, if if Query does get by the French, the French duo, whichever one comes through, we assume, and then he has to play Anderson or Mueller. I mean, it's not going to be easy for Sam to get to get back to where he was with all those points defending. The next section of the draw is the Chilich section, which I got to be honest doesn't really do much for me. I feel like Chilich got a gift from the Wimbledon committee because this side just doesn't have the talent that the other sides do. Until you get to what we all think will be the fourth round matchup with Milos, but. Seen a lot of nothing in between those two. I, you know, this is a. I mean, it's a tough having Ryonich in there. You don't, you don't want to play that guy in the uh, in the fourth round. But look, I mean, uh, other than that, I think so. Jason Kubler, I remember um, he was a really good junior, and he's really good on grass. So I think he's going to beat Guido Paya in the first round. For what it's worth, if you're mm-hmm. betting, um, you could probably get some good odds on that. I doubt, I doubt Guido Paya is um, an underdog. I bet he's the favorite. So Kubler, Kubler probably has some good value there. And I mean, I think also looking down, uh, Ricardus Barrancas versus Mackenzie and McDonald. I think this is the match where Mackenzie McDonald, uh, you know, gets that first first slam victory and yeah. you know starts. I think this is the because t- because Barrancas is going to hit a consistent ball that you can get a rhythm on, even on grass, you'll be able to get a rhythm. And Mackenzie's a, a rhythm player, and if he's in the zone and if he starts feeling that, he just pulls trigger and hits winners from everywhere on the court. And so I think that this is the time. I think he's got to do it now. Look, he's got a good draw in uh, at Wimbledon. I think he's got to go for it. And then below that, the guy named Philip Krajinovic, the guy just made finals uh, of the Paris Masters, shot up the so world ridiculous. rankings. Yeah, but, you know. But I, I remember I remember watching him play a little bit growing up, and he was all he was, you know, a top ten junior growing up. He was, the guy's good. He's clean. Mm-hmm. He hits a clean ball off both sides. He is a he has been that Krajinovic has been a professional tennis player since he was ten years old. So he's not going away anytime soon. Right. He finally made it. Now he's finally tasting success. Got the money. Pressure's off a little bit. I think you know. I think he could give Chilich a run for his money in that third round match. I think Barankas is this is his fourth or fifth straight year that he's had to go through qualifiers to make Wimbledon, which is kind of an impressive feat that he's just been able to keep winning through qualifiers to make the main draw. Yep, you're, and now he's nice and tired. <laughs> and now he's nice and tired. You bring up some good points, but I do think we're looking at Milos versus Chilich. And I'm just I just want to see what version of Milos shows up because this is a, a Wimbledon finalist. But he was dealing with some major injuries. I thought the serve's starting to round into form, but I, I'm I'm looking at his movement. That that's what the key is. He's never been the greatest mover, but when he's been off, yep. it's been brutal to watch. I think his draw is nice and, and we'll get him ready for a showdown with Chilich that ultimately I think Chilich is still the better player at this point in their careers right now. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. But I mean, Milos can take the racket out of your hands. I mean, I played him one time growing up, and his serve was such a joke that I had to take a running, jumping start on his kick serve. I had to jump off of one leg like I was trying to dunk a basketball just to be able to hit clean contact off his serve. I mean, you know, if he serves well, you know, this is seven six six seven seven six six seven seven six man or uh, no, eight no. six. Sorry, we'll keep going. No, yeah, the fifth. Yeah, <laughs> we'll keep going. I saw him play uh, the other kid who I'm buying a lot of stock of, Felix, the Canadian kid. At yeah, Indian that Wells. guy rips it. Oh yeah, well, Milos hit one on the service gun that was like one forty five, I think, one forty seven, somewhere around there. Just stupid. Milos but, um, has 
elephant <laughs> legs, man. He yeah. has the biggest legs. I've, they're insane. No wonder he gets so much pop on the serve because that coming from the ground up, he's able to produce probably more power than anyone. So let's look at the next section, Kale Hammond, Money Mitch Effect. Isner, the nine seed, playing some pretty good tennis. At, not on the clay courts, but we, we know we weren't expecting that. He wins Miami. He's rounding into form at this age in his career. Could face Stevie Johnson in the second round. This has Sissipas in this section, Stan, oh. Dimitrov. A lot of uh, lot of bigger names. Jared Donaldson's in here. What this is a, yeah, this is a good one. No, yeah. no, no weak players in this, except for uh, the guy Isner played. Pencil him in. Uh, Yannick Maiden is uh, Yannick Maiden. Uh, he played at Clemson. I actually played him a few times oh. in college. And this is going to be that's straight sets for John Isner, and then uh, Stevie J. Got to got to beat Bemel in this first round, and you know set up a match that could go either way. I definitely have Isner over Johnson if they do play each other. Isn't playing Isner on grass is just such a nightmare. You know. It, you make one mistake and, and you lose the match, quite literally, against Isner on grass. So it's tough. Yeah, I I think he's playing as good as anyone. We were talking about with Federer how maybe the rest of the competition just isn't there. That might have been the biggest difference with Isner. He's not having to go through as many just dynamos in their prime as he was in his past. Well, yeah, we, instead of a straight quarterfinal shot, he gets a straight semifinal shot. <laughs> he might. I, and and this is the, well, this is that section to be in if you want to talk about that. Dimitrov plays Stan. First off, for Stan, I have a lot to say about this match. I, I hate to say it, but he looks like he's done, washed, cooked, whatever you want to say. Major knee injury. He wasn't the best mover. It's just not there anymore. And I don't, I feel pretty confident, unfortunately, saying that I don't think we'll see Stan as anything close to Stan ever again. Yeah, I would agree. I don't I don't see how he's ever going to win a, a Grand Slam um, again. But, you know, he, he, who knows? Like, this guy can get in the zone and rip it. But I, I have Dimitrov winning this match. I'm uh, Dimitrov. Okay, yeah. Well, frustrating let's, for me, Yeah, man. please discuss. Because I'm a huge he, fan, too. And, and it's just ridiculous that he hasn't been able to put it together when he can do so much on the tennis court. I, and move so well. Dimitrov reminds me of Andrew Wiggins, just a guy <laughs> with all the athletic tools you yeah. could ever need. Just hyper athletes all across the board: flexibility, movement, shot making, talent, timing. But for some reason, there's just no feel for the game. Wiggins has no feel for the game in basketball. A six foot seven guy with a forty five inch vertical who gets two rebounds a game and plays thirty nine minutes a game, and then you've got Dimitrov who was number one in the world in junior, baby fed, crowned the next the next big thing. And for whatever reason, he just does not have the ability to construct points in a manner fitting a Grand Slam champion. He seems like he just goes out there with no strategy and just runs around the court looking amazing, hitting amazing shots. And if he's playing well, he'll lose in the semis. And if he is playing bad, he'll lose first round to stand. He's super frustrating, but like you said, the state of men's tennis with all those guys going down for a year, he's able to climb top five in the world. He's ranked six right now. Man, I, I, I'm sorry for that rant, but I just, <laughs> no. you know, things like that frustrate me. The only thing guys you for- that can just yeah, the, the only thing you forgot was, and he also, if he wins a big match, he'll just have a letdown immediately after. So it's the trifecta of just not being able to follow up big wins. I'm I'm with you. His game's so cool to watch when it's on, but you just can't trust him anymore. And you're getting to a point now where he's not a kid anymore, relatively speaking, to the tennis scene. So you can't just say, oh, it's just youth. He'll figure it out because he might not figure it out. 
I can't see. I think this is this looks like Isner's section, which is insane to say, but no, it absolutely. I, I think so too. I, when I was picking it, for some reason, for some reason, I think Lucas Pui could have a tournament here. Uh, he'll probably lose first round to Dennis Kula. <laughs> I hope. I hope he yeah. loses first round to my good friend Dennis Kula because Dennis Kula is one of the nicest guys uh, you'll ever meet. One of the one of the really good guys on tour, and I, I would love for him to make another Wembley run like he did. Uh, I, when did he do that? I believe it was 2014. I don't know. He made round of 16, though, and uh, ESPN uh, gave him zero love, not even a visit to the set. Uh, the only American made round of 16. So shame on ESPN for yeah. snubbing Kudla when he was the last, the lone American. And, um, you know, like, uh, yeah, it, back to your point. Isner, this is Isner's section for sure. I agree completely. As we uh, continue down the draw, move to the next section, a name we didn't say, Dominic Team. In terms of the favorites, he's the seventh seed, just hasn't really done much on grass. This has got Ferrer versus Kachanoff in the first round, Tiafo Verdasco, some interesting uh, early matchups in this Djokovic one. is in this section as well. And um, he is. This and section's cool because there's a really good opportunity for a, you know an up-and-comer like an Edmund, Kachanoff, uh, Tiafo. Um, you know, it's it's a really good chance for one of those guys to make, you know, make quarters of a slam, make round of 16 at a slam. I mean, um, Kyle Edmund especially. I have him upsetting Djokovic. I mean, I, I'm doing these racket okay. brackets, filling it out. you got to have upset somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, I figured Djokovic was a logical upset pick. Um, hasn't had much grand slam experience um, recently. I mean, he's, you know, he's been out of the game for a little while. But, um, look, if you're a Brit and you're playing Wimbledon, you got to bring the juice. You know, you got to have a special moment. You don't just come and lose first round, lose second round to Sagita or Bradley Klon, whoever that nope. may be. You know, like, you, 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 this is the time to shine, to shine. You know, you got to bring the juice if you're a British player at Wimbledon. And I think he could totally pull an upset of Djokovic in the third round. Uh, with the crowd behind him, he's going to have 100% of that crowd. You know, the Wimbledon's not the biggest Djokovic fan. It's not like he's playing Federer. Right. So I think, I think he'll, that, you know, that, that could be a real popcorn match. Um, hopefully, Djokovic doesn't bring his A game, and then, then we've got a match. But if Djokovic brings his A game, you know, the backhand to backhand is just nothing Edmund can do there. My, my early round, that's a good point, and I think you, you bring up a lot of good points. Edmund's already beaten him once already. So I like catching off over team in the second round. I, I, I completely <laughs> agree. Team strokes are just a little too big on grass. Kachanov serves time. big. I mean, he, he serves big. I mean, Ferrer's Sne- tough. I mean, <laughs> it's just... No, sneaky good grass court player, <laughs> yeah. Kachanov. His, his, his percentages on grass are pretty good. You know, he's sort of, he wins every, for every four matches he plays. He wins, you know, 2.83 matches. So I worry a lot like about these players that are going up against these veteran, mostly Spanish players like Ferrer and TFO going up against Verdasco. They're just, they're just tricky. That's the best way I'll put it. Rudasco's going to grind it out against TFO. TFO's at a better point in his career. He, he's got the game to beat him. I just worry that going up against yes. a pro like Rudasco. So I, th- I, I got I got TFO in this one. Um, I think partly because his good friend Kudla, they grew up together at College Park the, in Maryland, the training facility, Junior Tennis Champion Center. <laughs> they grew up together. Um, Kudla's like TFO's older brother. He really is. And um, Kudla beat Fernando Verdasco in Houston on clay. I was talking to him after that match, and he had, you know, he was like, "Look, he's like, he, they, the, the players know how to beat Verdasco now. They're not afraid of his forehand anymore. You know, he, he's off. Verdasco's not saying he was ever on the juice or whatever in the hell happened to him in 2009. <laughs> yeah. oh, not man. saying that, but right. but he's not looking like 2009 Verdasco. I mean, it's almost 10 years removed. And I think Kudla's gonna give him some good pointers, talk to him about how he beat him, and I think TFO will come into that match with some relative confidence." 
and I, I think he can get that first round victory. I hope he does. I hope so too. That, that's a fun section. The one right underneath it has Kyrgios in it, Nishikori, and also Alexander Zverev. So there's some big names in this one as well. That's a tough, tough, and Golbis too. You know, qualifier. <laughs> got to talk like, about Ernie Golbis. You know, like gotta, he, you know, he, he sucks it. to play. Like the guy drops 140 bombs on his serve, and he's got awkward, weird ground strokes, but he hits it really, really hard. And if you hit it hard on grass and you serve well. It's tough sometimes. Well, Kyrgios should should win this section, and I know Zverev's in it. Uh, is there anybody in this section, and maybe outside of a couple of players in this whole tournament, that has a better A game, especially on grass, than Nick Kyrgios? No. I mean, Kyrgios' right. serve is just ridiculous. The guy tosses yeah. it up. If, if, he hit, if he hits his spot, it's an ace every time. Right. I mean, the guy is just – his serve is just insane how good his serve is. I mean, it is just such a – when, did you see him mimic uh, Federer's serve oh, yeah. and Malfi's serve? He <laughs> yeah. did it perfectly, and he, he hit 125 miles. How, the talent that that takes to deviate from your muscle memory it's and do that is ridiculous. It, it's just ridiculous. And it's so he's so frustratingly freaking talented, it, and I hope he can do well. I would love to see it. I mean, that's just that's a great tennis, way to put you know? it. That's a great yep. way to put it, frustratingly freaking talented, because he's got <laughs> – that should be a T-shirt. No, I mean, he's got – his forehand's insane, and his backhand's been getting better. It's almost it's good on grass, short backswing. It is, yep. and, and, he, and he varies it up a little bit. He's good at the net. My biggest issue, I mean, obviously the issue is not focused and, and, and not staying in it, but in that match against Chilich, he loses in two tie breaks. Play great, serve great. couple mistakes yep. on the tiebreaker, you lose in straight sets. So can he focus? Can he, against the better players, and even against the not-so-better players, can he be invested to win seven Grand Slam matches in a row. That's the issue you have. It's not so much about who you're playing. It's about him looking at himself in the mirror. Having said that, he's got a pretty easy draw to at least a showdown with Nishikori, it would look like, in the third round. And then beyond that, it's Verov again. And those guys have been taking turns beating each other, so that's a coin flip at, at worst for Kyrgios. Yeah, it's a. I mean, that, uh, yeah, good point. At worst, it is a coin flip because Kyrgios, for my money, is the favorite in that matchup versus Verev. But I, I think Kyrgios needs to go maybe like get a trial pass in the NBA, go play with those athletes one time, and so he can shut the hell up. About <laughs> yes, stop yeah, wearing, he really thinks he can be good at basketball, basketball huh? when you're practicing tennis, dude. Like, dude, what are right. you thinking? No, because he beat because he beat Monfils and Isner and and playing he pickup. He, he thinks can, he can play in the NBA. <laughs> Oh my god! That's great. Dude. That is just a. You're great tall. One. He's really tall, but guess what? You're a point guard in the NBA, Nikirios. You're or a undersized shooting guard, and you're not as fast as those guys. So just when, get out, yeah. get out of your, you know, when, whatever. When it's Steve fun. Smith it's, had him good on for the sport when he was on so NBA and thing... TNT, that he was getting owned by the fact that he thought he was good at basketball, and Steve Smith's like, "You just wouldn't score on us." And he said, "It's a no, matter I, of fact." <laughs> it's it's absurd. It's it makes me so mad. Um. But another thing I wanted to bring up in this section, where did it go? Where are we? So um, first round is is a uh, Shikori versus Christian Harrison, Ryan Harrison's little brother. Oh. Um, I played Ryan Harrison's little brother four times growing up. I lost seven six in the third every time. I was three years older than him. I was losing to a guy three years younger than me. <laughs> this kid is was so good, so talented. He had a gnarly series of back injuries to derail him, and I'm so happy that he is. Uh, made it to a grand nice. slam because he deserves it and he is a good guy. But the interesting thing about this match is that Christian Harrison has grown up his whole life training where? That's a good the answer question. is IMG Academy. Oh, he's Paul an IMG Terry. kid. 
Oh, okay. Guess where Kane is Shikori? Ah, oh, wow. I guarantee you these yeah. guys have played each other in over 100 sets. So for your first match of at a Grand Slam ever, to play a guy that you have trained with probably 100 times is a huge advantage because you're not going to be – you're going to be nervous, but you you know, you've played the guy before. You've seen him before. And it's it's not like you're playing someone you've never played before. You know, there's familiarity there, and so I think that could actually be a decent match. Honestly, I really I, I don't think I think I think Nishikori will win in straight sets. I think that is a match that you should definitely definitely watch because Christian Harrison was was the more talented player. I mean, he was cleaner off both sides than his brother. He had a gnarly back injury, couldn't develop the serve. His brother has one of the best serves in the world. And that's what, you know, the guy is clean off both sides, forehand and backhand. And at this level, that's what you need. If you if you have a one side that's a lot weaker, you know, you're not going to do much. Yeah, I that's a good point. It's a, it's a good insight you won't get Just interesting. Else. Yeah, yeah, a little nugget. Yeah, just a little nugget there. And they've played each other a lot, Harrison and Nishikori. I also want to point out as well, for all the hype that Zverev is getting, never made it past the fourth round at Wimbledon. So just... Let's pump the brakes on it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's going to well. do it this time either. I think Kyrgios is coming round. through this section. All right, last and if he doesn't, then then you know, yeah. find the little Schadenfreude because he is a, you know, <laughs> you hate to. He's good for the sport, but I you know I don't really know what to say. It's frustrating. The Delpo section, we got to talk about that one as well because I'm I'm putting him up there as one of the guys to watch out for. Now with Murray not looming in the second round. You could get Shapovalov in the third round. It's a good one as well. Obviously, Nadal is at the bottom end of this one as well. But I want to start with this. There's a lot to break down with this section. I want to start at the top with Del Potro because he wins Indian Wells. I know he's your guy. You're a fan of what he can do. And he's had magical runs at Wimbledon. But given the state of where he's at, do you think this is a prime year for Delpo, Or do you have a bad Look, feeling about it? No, I've got a great feeling about okay. it. I really do. I really do. I mean, his forehand is just is the best forehand in the sport. So he's got I that agree. going for him. His serve, his serve is is great. Um, in his chip, he's been he's been working on that backhand chip so much that you know it's great now. He, he has developed that into somewhat of a weapon. He's very accurate when he chips it down the line. He gets it very close to the line. He forces his players to move and go get the ball. And he hits it. If he hits that chip close to the line, then odds are he slides over a little bit. He's either hitting a running forehand or he's hitting a forehand from the middle of the court or he, the guy has hit hit back down the line to his backhand, in which case he didn't have to move and he'll be able to get a clean strike. I think that Del Potro is is primed for a big-time run at this Wimbledon. I, I think I have him going um, to the final. It's very – it's a homer pick. It's, mm. it's hopeful, wishful. But look, the guy's – fearless guy can out hit there. through anyone. I mean, and not only that, mentally. Yeah. He's so mentally tough. He really is a champion. You know, he, he he the I want to do a thirty for thirty about what could have been with Del Potro's career because back in the day, I mean, his backhand was was the more solid shot than his forehand. You know, his backhand was more reliable, and he just lost the ability to hit it. It's a tough, tough second round against Feliciano Lopez, the uh, the Spaniard who's actually a grass court specialist now mm-hmm. at this point in his career, which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, more titles over thirty than under thirty. Who would have thought? Shapovalov will be tough, but I do agree. I think Del Potro's at a better state. He's in better I, shape, and and you know that. I mean, that's the biggest thing too. He's got the reps now that he didn't have a year ago when he was starting to make his comeback, um, and had to work up, and now has a favorable draw and isn't you know running into top players earlier in tournaments. I, I, I'll go on one mini rant right now 
about how awful Jack Sock has been. Let's hear it. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> you know this, I think, I'm going to have to do a stat check. I think this is the first year, this is the latest he's ever gone into his pro career. He hasn't won back-to-back matches all year. He just I mean, he's won, won he's won, what, five matches? I think he might have five matches. He lost to a qualifier out, outside the top 300 at Eastbourne when he wanted to play there. This is a guy that not only is he losing matches, it's one thing to go on a losing streak, but it's another thing, and I think you can speak more to this, when your body language is just so bad and you're just lashing out at the court, on, on the court at umpires, at fans, at everything. I, there's, yes, I'm not a sports psychologist, but he's lost all confidence. I think anybody can see that. Yes, yes, I agree he has, and grass is not his surface. Um, I, I've played him a bunch of times. We grew up together. He's from Kansas City. I'm from Oklahoma, so we played each other you know a lot growing up and he would almost always beat me and he was so good but you know on fast courts he's not as good because he needs some time on the forehand he needs that you know he needs that the spin he generates doesn't do much on grass so it's sort of you know his forehand's not as effective and his backhand is get, is able to be exposed more because he's having to hit passing backhand passing shots on the regular um, I still think he's got a great draw. I mean, I think he's going to win his first round. I don't, you know, mm, I think mm. he'll play. He'll play Gilles Simone probably in the second round, and Simone has, has fallen off. I still think Jack would be the favorite in that match, even though he's had a bad year. I mean, he's so talented. He's lost his confidence, but he's still so insanely talented that I think if he gets an easy draw, I think he'll capitalize and take advantage. But I was talking to um, his his trainer, his physio. And he said that what happened to Jack, and I agree, I said this as well, we agreed about this point, what happened, so remember in that Paris Masters 1000, he was done against Edmund. He was tanking. Mm -hmm. He was mentally checked out, Mm -hmm. and Kyle Edmund choked, gagged it, gave it to Sock, gifted the match, Sock had to do, I mean, just totally gifted him that match, and then Jack went on a run. Won Paris Masters, played Krajinovic in the final. That's about the easiest <laughs> opponent you'll ever play in the, in a Masters 1000. Agreed. Took advantage of it. Got top 10 in the world. Contract incentives kicked in. Mi- boom. Million dollar bonus. Boom. Buys a new car. Boom. Buys a new house. And we both agreed that that could have been the worst thing to ever happen to his tennis right. career. I, because he won that. And in the, in the early rounds, he was, he was tanking. And so I think, you know, his, his physio said that it's, sh- you know, that didn't show him that he needed to be as professional as everyone else. That showed him that he could rely on his talent. Right. He made, he made $5 million that year. Or not, I don't, he made at least $3 million that year because of making ATP World Tour finals, because of that Masters 1000 victory. Yeah. And it all started with a big time choke job by Kyle Edmund. I believe, what was he up 5 2 in the second? He was, yeah, like, it was something on those lines. Up it, a set was... in 5 2. It was pretty and, bad. And Jack was checked out, and and you know, there's also and just so, being a professional as well. I mean, we we heard the stories about first term of the year there in Australia, and he's no showing events that he got an appearance fee to go to. I mean, there's there's yep. that too. But look, if you look, the, the the moral of the story is wait till Paris in the ATP finals. He loses those points, he's not going to be seated in majors for a little while. He's so, going to plummet. He's so that's absolutely the whole thing. Plummet. Last thing before we get to our picks on the men's side is the Nadal factor. He hasn't played any grass court tournaments. I just want to point out one thing. If he does play in the third round against a guy by the name of Misha Zverev, that's the history lesson of guys that have given Nadal trouble at Wimbledon. Just pointing that out there. 
That's I the, saw that. that yep. <laughs> it's the type that, of player. That's going to be a good match. So I, Verev won his first uh, career title uh, this past weekend. So I, so I think hopefully he's not tired because yeah, that's a thing with tennis tennis nowadays. So these, there's not enough time in between tournaments. So a lot of times if you're betting things, mm-hmm. um, guys who win tournaments or make it to the final, either one, you pick them to lose at their next tournament because you know they're tired and yeah. they have to travel. But um, everything's it, super, pretty condensed mm-hmm. in Europe. It's not like they've got right. big time um, international travel, but they, you know. Traveling yeah. sucks, you know. These players don't make enough to fly private, except for a handful of them. And that, uh, you know, that's a big difference. Being able to sleep on a bed during a flight, as opposed to being cramped, you know, and coach. Mm-hmm. So it's not good for tennis players traveling like that. But yeah, so there, there we go. I mean, I think, uh, I think that could be a good match, Zverev, or I mean, Hair Bear too. Like Pierre Hair Bear, like he's a good grass court player too. You know, this is his time to make his bread. That's a tough. It's a good. That's going to be a good uh, battle of the grass court players. Air Bear versus Bear uh, first round. I think that's a good one. Well, let's hear it, Ko Money Mitch effect. I want semifinal picks, and then how the final is going to go on the men's side. All right. Well, I just filled out my racket bracket, but I'm going to deviate from that a little bit. Yeah, so Federer right. obviously semi semifinal one. You know, I I, I think I'm going to. Man, I'm looking at it right now. I think I like. Uh, Whew. I th- man, I'm gonna go with John Isner. I was in the waiting semifinals. for it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then, um, and then I I got uh, Del Potro versus Kyrgios in the other semifinal, and then Del Potro versus uh, Federer in the final, and I got fed a little '09 U.S. Open revenge match. I don't think he's gonna lose a Grand Slam final to Del Potro ever again. I think he still thinks about that one. <laughs> that's good. No, that's uh okay. I'm going to agree with Federer because I think that's a no-brainer. I'm going to go Chilich to get that other semi-spot. Yeah, that's the safe pick for sure. I Isner's close. I, I do think that. And I'll uh, just for, you know what? I, I do think we'll see Delpo and Kyrgios. And I'll and I will uh, I'll agree with the final. I'll go Fed over Delpo in the final. I just think I like him to have a run here. You know what's funny is Chilich is the one match that I would worry the most about Fed losing. And I know Fed's beaten him in two Grand Slam finals, but I yep. think that's going to be a very tricky match on grass. But, I mean, yeah, it's I mean, hard to Chilich go against is on. If, if Chilich is on, he's as good as anyone. But also, uh, the Delpo, what it sort of helps the Delpo pick uh, to make the final. Is it Andy Murray? He was going to play Andy Murray third round. Those guys have a big-time history. They do not like each other. That match could have yeah. gone either way if Murray was you know healthy. He's clearly not. So Murray pulled out. That's huge for Del Potro not having to play, you know, Andy Murray in the third round of a slam. It's going to be amazing. Well, let's look at the women's side, and we'll touch on that for a little bit. The betting favorite on the women's side, two-time Wimbledon champion Petra Kvitova. Does that what? make? Yeah. That, oh my God. So wait. They, they, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. The second favorite is twenty-three-time major champion Serena Williams. At six to one, it's Kvitova nine to two, Serena six to one, defending champ guard beating Muguruza eight to one. Then it's Kerber at twelve, Halep at fourteen, Sloan, Pliskova. Oh, I love if you're betting that. Yeah. I love Halep. I love yeah. the odds on Halep. Well, you know, she finally got over that Grand Slam hump. So um, Kvitova's got for her. Kvitova's got more match wins than anybody this year, and she's playing herself, playing well after the after the attacks and and after getting stabbed by the intruder, and, and we've we've been through all that. But I'm I'm buying that she is a contender, but I'm not buying that she's the contender. And as far as Serena Williams goes, we've reached the Tiger Woods stage of her in the betting public, where I think people just want to bet on her, regardless oh, of what yeah. her chances are. That's my You're, take on that. I completely agree with that. 
So I don't know. So I mean, look. Yeah, I, I like Halep too at 14 to 1, and it's funny because I've never really. I'm glad she finally got over the hump. I was disappointed for a lot of years. And I never liked betting on her or, or the idea of betting on her at majors. But if you're going to give me 14 to 1, well, why not? No, how, how, I mean, those odds for sure, Halep is the one to put your money on. I mean, look, the pressure's off. She got that grand slam. Now, you know, now she's playing with house money, and she is by far the best mover on the women's tour right now. Sloan is a great mover as well, but Halep right now, you know. She's just good, and 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 she had that mental block for the Grand Slams. She's just good. She's good off both sides. Serves obviously, you know. I mean, she's five foot two, so what what can you do there? But she hits the ball so clean. She moves so well. For those odds, you got to go with Halep on that. So you just want to, uh, I mean, any more big picture things, or you just want to run through the no, draw of uh, the women's? Let's run through it because I think for this we can we can fine tune it a little bit here and talk about what showdowns there should be because again this women's tennis what we like about it and it makes it a little different is there's a lot more it seems like major scale upsets early on especially with serena williams not dominating the the scene but in Halep's section she is the one seed it looks like it should be business as usual i'm not you know pavlia could be a third round matchup that could be tough but if you're looking at the fourth round there's some names that could be there kanta the british hopeful quarterfinalist from a year ago Daniel yeah, Collins, who made the run, Mertens, another player, but it, this looks pretty straightforward for help, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's picking the women's uh, matches is tough. I mean, seven different women have won the last seven Grand Slams, so <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so you, you're not, you know, you're not, you, you don't know what you're doing, so you might as well just go for it and see what you think. But um, I honestly don't. I mean. Zen Wang, there's a lot more Chinese players that are sort of <laughs> popping up there. You know, they're ranked in the 40s, 50s. They're unseated at slams, but there's every. I feel like every Grand Slam draw I look at, I see a few more Chinese names. I mean, that's so that's good for them. What do you think? But, look, what do you think? Yeah, she's she's been brutal, and and you know she's won a premier event recently, but it's been just a tough year for her. Sybil Gove is another one that she was four in the world a couple a couple years ago or a year ago, I should say. And now she's probably never going to get seated again. Plays Alize Cornet. I just I, anything could happen. We're right. Danielle Collins was a nice story, but it's Halep, and she should just run through everyone here. <laughs> Completely agree. I mean, you got the British juice for Conte. Hope I mean, she she you know she's played well here before, so she's the favorite to play Halep. I think in the fourth round. It's been a weird. So let's yeah, moving on. Ostapenko. Yeah, that's what, what I was going to say. What, do, what is yeah? What do you think about her game? I mean, she won that slam, and then. Since that, it's been nothing nothing special. Well, I don't want to say that winning a slam is... Obviously, it's not the worst thing that could happen to you. It's one of the best things that could happen to you. But I think what it did... And again, she won that slam, similar to how Jack Sock won that major, won that Masters, by help just choking away a 3-0 lead in the yep. second set and a break point to go up 4-love. So Ostapenko wins that, wins that slam. And now we hold her to different standards when she was 18, 19 years old. I think she's a top 20 borderline top 10 player. I just don't think she should be considered a, one of the top three, four, five favorites going into a major. I think she's going to have a really tough time with Maria Sharapova in, in the third round, and that's probably... Th- this section is another chance for Sharapova to improve her ranking points and get back up to where she needs to be, which is top 10, because even after all she's been through, I think she's still top 10 talent. Yeah, and this is a great section. It, it, this is the best section, I think. I mean, even girl, guy like Taylor Townsend, Dane, she's super dangerous Wimbledon player. I mean, two mm-hmm. out of three on grass, yeah. lefty serve, lefty crank. If she gets hot for a couple of games, you know, she's up a set. And, you know, and then you're in, you're, you know, it's tough. But, I mean, 
Look, I've got I've got Kvitova going and playing Sharapova in the fourth round. I think Sharapova is going to get that one. Okay. Um, I've got you know that's that's you know Sharapova's yeah. just she's she's so she's good on grass, man. She hits darts. She's six. She's almost six foot four. People don't know that. If you've ever seen Sharapova yeah. in person, she is a once she is a supreme athlete. She has incredibly broad shoulders, super long wingspan. She moves well. And she rips the shit out of the ball on both sides. She is a, her game is built for grass and hard court, but she can just take the racket out of your hands. She's playing against these girls or these women tennis players who are a lot yeah. a lot smaller than her, and she is physically dominant over them. So you know that's that's for grass. It's it's nice to be the bigger, stronger, harder hitting player. We'll see how bad Kvitova really is when she plays Sharapova. If that is the case on the fourth round, in the fourth round at Wimbledon, because that's not going to be. A cakewalk as well. I, I think Sharapova, you touched on just how big she is. She's, you know, seeing her in person, she's not overly skinny either. You know, she's just like you said, a supreme athlete that has broad shoulders yep. and, and can dictate play and move pretty well as well. Muguruza section, it's funny because as the defending champ, I found this stat very interesting, Kale. She's never defended a title before. So any tournament any she's won, she's never won the tournament the next year on the WTA tour. Oh, so well, every. I gotta change my pick (laughs) but that being said you know what I thought was even funnier than that was how last year she wins Wimbledon you know a year after or 13 months after winning the French Open and she didn't win a title in between there at all so maybe you say she's just up and down maybe she's a big match player I just think that it's harder it's getting harder Garbini in my perspective it's getting harder to trip her up earlier in majors the last couple of times, the last couple of years, I've thought that she could go out early. Now I'm not saying she's going to win the major, but I don't feel like there's as big of an upset potential with her as opposed to some other players. I, I, I'm a fan of her game, and I think her serve, her second serve release has gotten better. I just, I look at this section, and I just don't know who's going to challenge her before the fourth round. Then you're getting to Kazakina, and it's like... I mean, you've got maybe? Ash Barty. So Ash Barty is if she is the the um, tennis player turned cricketer turned uh, tennis player again. And she is a, an amazing, amazing athlete. Just her hands, her slice. I mean, I think uh, Bouchard and Barty are going to play each other in the second round. I think that's going to be a great match. <laughs> wait, wait. Definitely... You think Bouchard's winning a match at a Grand Slam? Okay, all right. She qualified, and I don't know who the hell she plays uh, first round. Do you? Do you? It's a, it's a it's a British girl. Her last name's Taylor. I see G Taylor. I sure as hell do not know her first I, name. I see the British flag, so she's not going to have the crowd. Um, be that as it may, maybe she does. She'll have some guys in the crowd. Yeah, probably. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> the, the hockey season hasn't started yet, so yeah, you're probably right there. But, but Bard- kudos to her for qualifying. Yeah, no. Uh, she, she was close to just switching careers and being completely a model, which mm-hmm. obviously she could do if mm-hmm. she went, wanted yeah. to go that route. I think she's qualified in that regard. And, you know, I, I'm kudos to her for winning. And her game, look, her game is bad now. Just It's just not good. But on grass, it's definitely her best surface. So, you know, I think she's going get to get around. But Ash Barty, I think... Australian Australians can play on grass, you know. Australians, you'll never meet an Australian who doesn't like fast court. So I like Kazakina, but I don't know how well she'll do on this surface. To me, she's a clay court specialist. I have her losing second round to to Putin Seva. She could win that and then lose to Ash Barty. She could get through it, but look, Kazakina's really whippy on the forehand, similar to a team, you know, similar to uh, I don't really know, but some people. She loves to get the ball off the court. And on grass, that's not what you're doing. You know, no. you're, you're hitting, you're you're attacking, and then you're trying to come in. 
uh, it's really tough to get the ball off the court on a, on a grass court. Um, so I think that's it's going to be tough for her. And she's she's another uh, good. She's got one of the best women's kick serves in the game. So I think you know, and that serve is not as effective on grass. So I just think I don't think she's going to get it. But I like she's a great talent, and I think she's uh, she's going to win a French Open at some point in her career. I, I would agree with that. I think she's got major champion potential. Uh, the section below is Kerber and. Does that say she's playing Zvonareva? Like, what? Zvonareva yep. is still playing tennis? Throw it back. Uh, wow, she's probably too. Good for her. Let's I mean. dial it back. Wow. Well, Kerber, <laughs> I feel like, is... Uh, I don't know if she's disrespected or just doesn't get talked about or whatever it is, but I think she can always make a run here. She made the finals, lost to Serena Williams two years ago. Her section looks like it could be a showdown with Naomi Osaka, who hasn't, yeah. had, hasn't had grass court success necessarily, but could be... A factor with the amount of power that she has. Aside from that, you get down. I mean, further. Osaka's t- tough. You saw the thing where she I, said she, you know, she doesn't like doing this. She doesn't like the lifestyle of a pro tennis player. She seems lonely. Mm-hmm. She really did. She said she was depressed. And I mean, I'm not a body language doctor, but she did. She looked severely unhappy. So until she has that, you know, bubbly pep in her step, you know, when she won Indian Wells, super smiley, happy, all that stuff. I think right. she won that, and I think things sort of changed for her. So. Until I see it again from her, uh, seeing someone just come out and say that they don't like doing this and they're depressed playing tennis, I'm not trying to pick them um, to win in too many matches. No, me, but, me um, either. Ker- Kerber's another one. I mean, Kerber had one of the best years of any uh, tennis player a couple of years ago, and then she lost all her confidence and seemingly couldn't win a match. So it's just it's interesting. I mean, this is a tough section, too. You got Kerber, Osaka, Suarez, Navarro. Caroline Garcia, Tamea Bachinski's not a bad player. Ali Risk is not a bad player. Boy, you know, the benches, is, if she's healthy, could be a could be a spoiler as well. Oh, if you didn't even see her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's extremely talented. I mean, this is this is a tough section. You know, if you make it out of this section, you're in good shape. I've got Kerber coming out, um, beating Suarez Navarro in the um, fourth round. But like it's a, it can go either way, totally either way. I mean, this is a thick, thick section. So. I do have some thoughts, Kale Hammonds there on the Money Mitch effect of talking Wimbledon 2018. This next section really excites me and also kind of terrifies me because I have some thoughts on Pliskova, a 16-1 to favorite to win this tournament. Great odds if you can get him, but she's never made it past the second round at Wimbledon, which is shocking to me given how she plays. The second round, this, this tournament could be Victoria Azarenka. <laughs> so we're we're going to yeah. do it all over again, it would seem. But this is... This section has some talent as well with Sabalenka, the other Belarusian player that's done some well, plus with sisters in there, Venus Williams. Is, it, Venus Williams is in this section too. So a lot could happen in this draw, Julia Gurgis too. What do you think has been holding Pliskova back though from having success on grass courts? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> she is... No one has more aces than her in four. a season. She has the best serve, a second best serve on the women's tour. I almost made a gargantuan mistake <laughs> yeah. forgetting about Serena, who has the best um, women's serve, one of the best serves of all time, men or women. Mm-hmm. Just the motion, the consistency, and the statistics to back it up. I mean, Serena has the best serve ever um, in the women's game. And Pliskova has one of the best serves ever in the women's game, also an ace leader year after year. But I, I don't get it. I just don't. I, I don't I don't get it. I do not know why she has been unable to 
win a Wimbledon. It seems like she's tailor-made, and, you know, it's just tough. I mean, tennis is such a mental sport that a lot of times, you know, if you're not in the right frame of mind, you know, you're, you're headed home. I think Azarenka is always uh, a factor, and it seems like she's getting herself back to rounding into form. Oh, she she had some rough results on grass leading into That's this tournament, no problem and also she played say. that exhibition at the Boodles, and she played one round. She she got killed by um, <laughs> God, I can't remember. It was either Monica Puig. Oh no, she got killed by Andrea Petkovic. Um, it's an exhibition, obviously. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not trying hard, but. Um, yeah, and then so she actually requested to play another match at the Boodles um, to get more grass. So she's not feeling too hot right now on the grass. Uh, so I, I think that I think that Pliskova is safe safe to make it to the um, fourth round, and then hope, hopefully play our America's sweetheart Venus Williams. I, yeah, she made the final last year. Almost won the first set. Got bagel. She's in the so second. good on grass, Mitch. She is so damn good on grass. So we're still. She is. Okay, oh, I'll ride with her so one more year grass. if you say so. But it's ride just, or die, baby. She's thirty-eight Williams now. On grass. Thirty-eight years yes. old. Okay. Uh, yes, and she is still awesome on grass. She knows how to play on this surface better than anyone. All right, anyone. I'll, I'll go one on, more year on the women's tour. This I'll, is her. This is her time. I'll go one more year. As far as the long shot, if you really want to get froggy to win the tournament, I got one for you, Kale. The yep. thirteen seed Julia Gurgis at sixty-six to one. Wow, four hundred yeah, aces I mean, that's, last that's year. That's a big payday for sure. Four hundred aces you know, last year. It's only been done by three women in tennis history in a season: Serena and Carolina Pliskova. So, I mean, and that's the that's the beauty about this tournament is that the, yeah. the surface is so difficult that you know a, a slip up here or there, lose your footing, someone serves well, hits a lucky net cord. The nets are loose at Wimbledon. Don't forget that a lot of net cords on the grass. I mean, this is any like you said, anything can happen, and that's that's why this tournament is so so fun. Um, I have her losing to Venus in the in the fourth round, but I, I agree. Uh, she she I, I had her without a doubt. Uh, first round over Puig, no doubter. Second round over McHale for sure. Strikova is twenty three seed, easy money. And then I had her. I have her beating Sloan, so I agree with you. I, wow. I do agree with your take. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Sloan because she's. Had major success now, just at every now, just about every major tournament. She made the semis here a few years ago, was a finalist at the French Open. But my God, at least from a betting standpoint, I, it's hard to have a lot of faith in or against her because what what are you going to get with her? Like I don't, what, you got to just see what how the match starts. A hundred percent. But she has she has she won the U.S. Open and then she was just a catastrophe for about six months. Oh. And then I think she she got it. She, you know, she started a guy. Yeah, the she wheels, wins Miami going again. You know, yeah. she was and brutal at Indian Wells. I just I'll point that out. She was brutal the tournament right before Miami. So whatever happened in between there, did another one eighty on her career. You know, between the eyes, man, it's what you you know the, between the ears, man. It's all it's mental. Tennis is so mental. But what Sloan can rely on is that physically she is dominant over these uh, the, her fellow um, peers. She is faster than they are. She is stronger than they are, and she is, you know, she's she's just way faster than everyone else. She's so fast. Yeah. It's, she she puts so much pressure on these tennis players playing her because they have to just go for uh, tough targets because when she's locked in, she defends better than, you know, than almost anyone in the, on the tour. I, I would say right now 
You got Wozniacki probably defends a little better. She's a natural counterpuncher. Um, Sloan Sloan is less of a natural counterpuncher as Wozniacki. But I think Sloan's defense is, is top two or three, and she's four in the world, man. She's she's there. It's yeah. it's it's go time. And so she's one before. I don't think grass is yeah. I don't think grass is her surface, but um, who knows, man? She's just such a good athlete. Her core is so strong. She's just able to turn on that ball and generate so much pop. She is really a phenomenally gifted athlete, and she's fun to watch when she's locked in. And she had a taste of success, and I think she's she's gotten some massive paydays in her day. So you know. Maybe she gets a little greedy and uh, and wants to do it here. I mean, the thing with her is she could win it or she could lose it. You just don't know. Yeah, you really don't know. Section 7, though, Kale's what everybody's talking about. Spadolina's the high seed in there at 5. Serena Williams would be her opponent in the third round, so they both get there. You have Madison Keys. You have Rai Barakova, who made a semifinalist a year ago. Kiki Maldinovic, some interesting players, but... Svitolina has not made it past the quarterfinal. I don't even. I think she made one quarterfinal of a major, and that's it. But hasn't had major success. And Serena, who everybody is hoping, wishfully thinking, can dial it back for another year. What do you think about this section? Is it Svitolina's time? Will Serena, you know, have another run left in her, or will something else happen? I mean, I, I thought Serena. Well, it depends, obviously, on her health. If her if her if her chest is not um, doing well. I mean, I so I had a pec injury. That derailed my career a pec minor injury and the thing about that injury is that you cannot get the reps you need practicing your serve so the confidence in the serve goes away because if your pecs hurt you do not practice serve because it hurts your pec it is an overuse injury it is tough it's an overhead motion your body was not designed to to, to to hit a serve you know serving is bad for your shoulder i played tennis for 18 years and every day i'm just rubbing my shoulder for 10 minutes it's just sore so it depends on her shoulder, so I, it's tough to say. But look, if if she is healthy, she's you know I, I don't Svitolina is not beating her in the third round, not on Wimbledon. Serena, no. if her serve's healthy, her serve's too damn good, man. Her serve okay. is too damn good. So uh, that's all I've got for it. I mean, Svitolina, loves, about, she's great, great for the game. But um, what about Madison you know, Keys? Can she beat Serena or Svitolina uh, if she plays? Madison Keys is just a, an unforced. Error cannon, <laughs> but I think Machine it's when I think it's when she gets errors. to the the big moments, so which might be Serena Williams. But I also think with Keys, it's a mental thing with Sloan. Like she, whatever it is, Sloan has the mental edge on her. Maybe it's just yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah. and I think that probably has to do with age. I'm sure they probably played a few times mm-hmm. growing up. Sloan probably they're friends. Yeah, beat, it's... yeah, beat the crap out of her because she's a little older. I mean, but but look, the Keys is is so ball, her ball striking is so uh, awesome to watch. It is so pure, such clean strokes. But she just, if she's, she just goes for the stupidest targets sometimes. <laughs> she just, she, I, she'll have sets where she'll miss more balls than she makes. Yeah, they're usually in major finals or semifinals. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. And so, and so it's tough, it's tough with her. Uh, I think Clay is Madison Key's best surface because she has time to really line it up and let it crack. Um, grass, your your swings have to be so abbreviated on the grass. I mean, it's just coming so much faster. So I, I have her, I have her uh, getting through and losing to Serena in the in the fourth round. Wow! I mean, it, it, you know, we're dialing so. it up for Serena. I like it. I mean, if she's healthy, yeah, it's hard to find someone on this surface. What are you gonna say? I mean, she's she's LeBron. She's the LeBron James of tennis. Yeah. Like, there's no one. These she's playing. Look, who's gonna she's gonna play Alina Svitolina in the third round. Alina, let me look it up. Alina Svitolina's height. How tall? Do you know how tall she is? I'd say five 
eight would be my guess. Let me, I can pull it up for you. That, that's my guess is five foot. She's five foot nine, okay. listed at 132. She's probably Serena's five eight. Coming in, yeah, <laughs> Serena's coming in with two inches and probably 50 pounds of solid, rock solid muscle on her. It's just a total mismatch. Anytime she plays anybody, anyone, she yeah. is, it, she is just a physical mismatch. And it is, you know, in, and in, in, in sports, you know, phys- physicality's got a lot to do with it. You know, unfortunately, like mental, mental is important, but Serena's mental game is better than Svitolina's too. So she's got the mental edge and the physical edge. If her her, if her peck is healthy, Serena is is the favorite to win this tournament. She is just such a champion. She's just, you know, she's the greatest of all time. Yeah, you know, well, she's, that's... you know, it is what it is. The last section, Wozniacki, the two seed, Coco Vandaway, who's been all over the place the past eight months. Yeah, I thought she had a Wimbledon title in her at this point. I thought she she's so good on. Well, grass. you saw last year was last year was one of the worst. Going out to a qualifier and I think she was a qualifier in Rybarikova at the time in the quarterfinals. She had an open draw to the semis. Was coming off of uh, the Australian Open semi and just couldn't get it done. U.S. Open, she makes the semis and goes down in flames to Keys. Australian Open was a disaster. French Open, a disaster as well. I just, look, I don't know if she's consistent enough to do it on Wimbledon or any major, that that being said. But I just don't know. I mean, her serve's great. She's a big girl that can strike the ball so well. But do you see now at this point, do you think she's got a Wimbledon title in her? No, 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 no. She's got to get her form back for sure. I don't know what, what really happened to her, but, I mean, she... Grass is her surface. Her her slice out wide serve is so nasty on grass. Um, one of the best shots on the tour. Coco's serve, um, slice t slice wide. She just has an awesome serve. Her game is tailor made for grass. She moves forward. Um, she's a hyper athlete as well. She um, she's not as fast as some of these uh, other players, but she makes up for it with strength and ball striking. And you know she's she's. She's good, but I, she hasn't had it. She, I, she's sim- seeming like she's sort of mentally checked out a little bit. I don't know what what the reasoning behind is. I'm not going to speculate anything, but I, you know, she's she definitely doesn't have the mojo working like she had a couple years ago. Is this Wozniacki's section? Because it kind of feels like this is the one where an unseated player is going to get to the quarter quarterfinals. It just has that vibe to it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. Um, Wozniacki. Is she a good? I don't really know. Is she a good grass court player, or is she? I mean, she defends a little too no, much. Never I made think. it past the fourth round at Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that sounds about right. I mean, so I don't I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. She's such a counter puncher at heart that you know counter punchers on grass. You know, I'm sorry, but it's not that's not the right surface to be a counter puncher. And being a counter puncher uh, on hard court is you'll get away with it on clay. Great stuff. But look, I mean, on grass, it's different. It's a different ball game, and it's it's only what is it five weeks out of the year? I mean, Wimbledon stretches two weeks. We've got it's a it's a you said six week season. That seems like it might be even a little long. It seems shorter than that. I mean, yeah. Well, we, we had to throw in Newport the Hall of Fame week after Wimbledon. So no, that doesn't count. It doesn't <laughs> so, it's, count. so it's a five week season. Though. Five weeks. Got to, okay, sorry. The people of Rhode Island are really going to be sad to hear you say that, but fine, whatever. <laughs> if you're, yeah, if you're going to have your tournament after Wimbledon and call it grass court season, get the hell out of here. So it's the Hall of Fame game. It's like you know the game of Canton every year. Uh, all right. Well, if they did it the week after the Super Bowl, which would be even funnier. All right. Let's pick semis, final and final on the Money Mitch Effect. Kale Hammond. Who do you have in the final four on the women's side at Wimbledon? 
Final four, I have Simona Halep. I have Serena Williams. I have – well, my computer just died, so I got to think. <laughs> oh, I have Muguruza winning it. I have Muguruza winning it, which okay. um, based off the stat you told me, I'm going to go change. <laughs> so you got – okay, um, so, so that's you got good. Halep versus Muguruza on one side, and you have yep. Serena versus who on the other side? Serena versus – who did I have going to the semifinal? My computer you died. Either, either Pliskova know. Venus section or the Gurgis Sloan section would be the top seeds in the we need a semi four or somebody else. Mm, you know what I think I did? I think I have a Wozniacki as well in the semifinal. No, uh, that no, it can't be it can't be Wozniacki and Serena. Oh god. So maybe this it's uh, Venus. It maybe it's Venus. That's your grass court player you were hyping up. You have Venus in the semis against Serena? I do. You're absolutely right. I do have it. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's going to happen. But but for okay. I, you know, sometimes the, you just got to go for it. And if it, if it, if it you, if it hits, you hit a home run. And what's the final? You have Mugu winning it over who? I have Mugu beating Serena in the okay. final. Oh, another. So that so that would make. Mugu but I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that because like if she's yeah. never defended a tournament, like I mean, That's I'm also, changing that. That would sure. also make that was a nice little o- nugget on yeah. the Money Mitch effect. Two and zero would what she would be against Serena in major finals. That would just seem hard to believe as well. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so sir, I have Serena uh, winning it. Um, you know, if she's playing this tournament. Look, she she pulled out of the French Open. She said no. I think part of that was sort of a, a diss to Sharapova as well. Oh yeah. I don't think she is the biggest fan of Sharapova. I know for a fact that um, Sharapova is not the most liked player on the women's tour. She is one of the least liked. Um, due to the doping scandal and just her overall attitude and probably the fact that she makes way more money than everyone else. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think I think Serena, I think she's got it. I mean, she's just, look, she's like the LeBron, I mean, you can't even, she's the Michael Jordan and LeBron James of tennis. She's both. Okay. Yep. My final four, I'm going to go with Halep. I agree with you there. I'm going to ride with I'll say, yeah, you know what? I do think Muguruza is going to get back to the semifinals, but the other side is where I differ for you. I'm going to say Pliskova, and I am going to say Svitolina. And I got Pliskova. Oh, you got Svitolina beating Serena in the third round. Wow. Yeah, we'll see. We'll I see like who it. gets there. And I, I, and, like I got, and I got the final, I, my major final, how I see this going down is Muguruza getting back to the Wimbledon final and losing to Pliskova. Pliskova getting her first major title. I know I'm not dealing with the best in karma, having not made past the second round. But my other goal this year, Kale, is to see four first-time WTA major winners. We're already at two. So it's and we're possible. at seven different in a row. Seven different so, in a row. This know, would be eight. Might, so as then, well, might as well make it eight. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> at this point, it's probably likely to happen. It's happened every time. So, you know. I mean, if, if Pliskova or somebody like, say Pliskova wins, then it would be Spitalina, Keys, Coco, somebody of that nature wins their first U.S. Open, then you got all first-time major winners. It would be pretty crazy. But yep. state of the game right now, and it's just I think it's a testament to seeing Serena not dominant anymore. I mean, she could still win this tournament, but – it's not like the lock, semifinal, final, for sure lock that it was in the past. No, 100%. I mean, seven different major champions, seven last seven majors. You might as well put a blindfold on and throw a handful of darts at the board because that's what, that's what we're basically doing with the women's draw. We have no idea what's going to happen. It is just every single time around. It is just so massive upsets, massive upsets. Players have never, you know, never, never quite been there before. But I'm hoping Serena is finally uh, back in shape after – 
the pregnancy and the I hope her pec is healthy because uh, it sucks having a pec injury playing tennis is sucks because it hurts you on the forehand and it hurts you on the serve and if you're if you're if your forehand and serve are compromised mm-hmm. you are not going to win the tournament well kale this was a blast thanks for coming on it was uh it was fun talking tennis breaking through going over an hour and 15 to talk this was a blast and you know next time you come on as a recurring guest maybe we'll mix it up talk about how dominant baker mayfield's going to be for my browns oh baker is i could talk about baker <laughs> i know i know time. He, so for us I will say this, last thing I'll say, Oklahoma fans, he has surpassed Sam Bradford, all the other quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield's the best quarterback in the history of Oklahoma football. Wow, Lock it in. all right, all right, better than Facts Jason only. White. No, facts only. Baker Mayfield's the best quarterback Oklahoma's ever had. I love it. I'm, hey, I'm hopeful he can do it at the next level and be and be the guy and be the the guy. You know who he won me over it was? It wasn't when they drafted him. It was when he recreated Brett Favre's photo. <laughs> that's what I'm like. This guy's too all right. Good. This guy's all right. He knows right. what he's doing. That's he, for sure. You know, he, he he knows what he's doing. Those antics, the Johnny Manziel comparisons, piss me off. Look, no. Baker Mayfield's a two-time walk-on. Johnny Manziel was Mister Freaking Football in the state of Texas in high school. So get out of town with those comparisons. <laughs> Baker Mayfield's a legend. Mikhail, this was fun. We're all looking forward to Wimbledon. Appreciate you coming on the Money Mitch Effect, and we'll definitely be talking soon. Yep. Thanks so much for having me. Have a, have a fun time tomorrow. I know I'm pumped. I'll be up. I'll be up bright and early. All right. Huge thanks to Kale Hammond for coming on today's show and previewing Wimbledon. Both draws. It was a lengthy one. Glad to have him on. It will not be his last time on the show. I can assure you that. Anyhow, I've with Baker Mayfield on the Browns. we gotta, we got to dive back into that in a, at a later date. But I'm excited for Wimbledon. I know Kale is. I know everybody out there. Most of you out there are as well. And if not, you should be. You can find every episode of The Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. We will be talking later in the week. There will be one more show this week. LeBron James, Los Angeles Lakers, some NBA free agency news and notes. That was the big one, along with Paul George staying in Oklahoma City. We'll talk that. We're going to talk a little hockey as well. John Tavares is in Toronto. They are co-favorites now to win the Eastern Conference. Tavares, Tavares and Matthews together. Wow. A lot more to talk about later in the week. Hope you enjoy Wimbledon. There'll be a, you know, another update on Wimbledon next week as we move forward along in the grass court major. I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, and the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page. Until next time, this was the Money Mitch Effect. Keep enjoying sports. <laughs>